Look, we're in a series, but it comes off of this whole idea of holy, holy. For the rest of our lives, we're called to be completely holy, and you're only going to be able to do that with Jesus. He's the power. He said, I have to go so you can get a helper for this. And his helper is his spirit, and he lives inside of us. And so I want to get right to it, what it means to be empowered. Looking at today's message, I, I want to ask you this. What is it that you think of when you think of empowered? What comes to your mind? If you're empowered to do something, or just even hearing the word empowered, what comes to your amazing mind when you hear that? Strength. Good. Assistance. The Holy Spirit. Capable by yourself, but you're empowered to be capable. I mean, it's there you go, right, Carol? It's right there in the, I love it, it's in the word. Given power. We've been given power. There was this one time that I was speaking at an event, we, we called it Alpha, it was really a small church within a larger church. It was a lot of fun. It was really cool. But I was speaking, and I was just getting hammered by the enemy. Just, you need to shut up. People don't care. You talk too much. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, I'm feeling down, but I'm like, where words are many, Aaron is not absent. So I just kind of kept going. <laughs> and like, right in the middle of all of that, I got this, like, text. And I totally 100% forgot about it. And again, as I'm leaving from up front, and everybody's going to their tables to have discussion, the phone, I'm like, oh, that's right. And I open it. And my friend was at home that night. He normally would come and be a part of it, but he had to be at home, and he said, Man, I don't know why I was just so overwhelmed. I needed to pray for you. I need you to know that God is using you in ways that nobody can even see but God, and yet he's doing things in you and through you. And I was like, <laughs> thank you, Jesus. So he had been empowered to follow through with that, and he did. You know, often like somebody's on your mind, like, oh, I'll talk to him later. Or I'll pray for you later. We have this thread where we're texting back and forth, and they're like, hey, praying for you right now like i don't know how many of you that say i'll pray for you and you mean well and you forget it well the holy spirit will empower you to remember and you've got to be able to pay attention to his voice and be quick in obedience how many parents do we have today how do you like it when you ask your kids to do something or ask them to do something they're like i'll get to it <laughs> maybe I have some grandchildren, so it's such a joy to watch my children parent their children. There's a certain level of joy that I get when their children act up. <laughs> <laughs> and I watch my son get a little bit of his own medicine. <laughs> but I'm not rejoicing and wrong. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. But I watched, let's say, I'll just make up some names. I watched Fred <laughs> tell Ernie that he needed to go to bed. 
and Fred looked at Ernie like this and didn't go to bed. <laughs> and then Ernie decided to walk away while Fred said, I need to talk to you. And he just kept walking. And if you see me, you won't see me anymore. And we didn't see Fred or Ernie, whoever I said their name was. <laughs> but his dad did. And he's like, I said, come back here now. You know that tone, right? A <laughs> couple people looking like, I do know that tone. Has the Lord used that tone with you? <laughs> Has he asked you? Has he talked to you? Has he called you? Have you said, I'll get there? Maybe. Ooh, God is good, but he's not safe. Friends, we're about to hear some really cool stuff, and that will be um, a bonus that I have to pay for later because I have a lot to read. We're going to read three whole chapters today. May the Spirit of God open your eyes to the Word of God so you can do the work of God for the glory of God. What do I, what I do have, I give to you, is what we're looking at today. You know how it is sometimes, right? You have been asked to do something, and you can't do it. But you do have something you can do. You do have something you can give. So let's look at the story. This is in Acts 3. Please join me there. Acts is in the New Testament. We're looking at Empowered. This is the brand new church of Jesus Christ. They are really young. So many great things are happening. Last thing we heard, there was over 3,000 people that started from a group of about 120. And like the Holy Spirit is coming. They're speaking languages they didn't know. They're understanding. They're sharing with one another. We talked a lot about that. But here we go. Acts 3, 1 through 11 to begin with. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. That would be 3 p.m. for them. And a man, lame from birth, this is a paralyzed, a paralytic, could not walk, crippled man, was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the Beautiful Gate. This is kind of cool. You could look into it a little bit more, but it was either bronze or gold, or at some point it was gorgeous. And that's where most people like to walk through, is the eastern gate. And so a lot of people would walk through that, and it's really pretty. And so people would come up, and they would drop off their family members or people they were just being gracious or kind to that were paralyzed, blind, deaf, had issues, were poor. They would drop them off there so they could say, can I have something? We have a, a thing in our culture that's not quite as similar, but at the same point, it's called flying a sign. One guy literally had a sign that said, I am suffering the consequences of bad decisions. I bet he got a lot of stuff given to him. We kind of love the honesty. One time there was a guy that was flying a sign, says, I'm not going to lie. I just want a beer. And a guy was going to the baseball game with a Man, I love that. And gave it. And then my son, Zach, goes, oh, we're just going to buy beer with that, right? He goes, yeah, the guy said it. He goes, you give him food. He's going to need something to suck up all that beer. Look, we struggle so much. How do I help people? What do I do? What's going to be helpful? Keep following Jesus. Keep reading his word. Keep being in fellowship. You're going to learn how to do these things better. 
But these people were laid out there. They're hoping to get help from those who are entering church. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. Do you have any money? Do you have anything you can give me? And Peter directed his gaze, his view, at him, as did John, and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. <laughs> so good. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold. Can you hear the guy? Just can you hear the song in the background? Womp, womp, womp. Man. But what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk, and he entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. Hey, new host team, thank you so much for serving. Some of you were out there. Was anybody leaping? And praising God when they were coming in? Ah, we'll get there next time. All right. Phoenix was. Yep, you did. You jumped up. We hugged it out. All right, good. Yeah. <laughs> and all the people who saw him walking and praising God recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple, asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While he clung to Peter and John, all the people, utterly astounded, ran together to them in the portico, or the porch, called Solomon's. Holy smokes. Let's just get to it. What did Peter have to give? Healing? Good. What else? Jesus. Amen. What else? Hope. Faith. You say eggs? You're funny. <laughs> Gosh, he gave him back his life, right? Things. Encouragement. Can you guys, you put your hands up for me, I know. Put your hands together. He touched him. Yes. He gave him a touch. He gave him attention. He gave him time. He gave him encouragement. He gave him Jesus. We have so many people like, well, why don't we see more people healed now? Some of it's a faith thing. Some of it is God is saying, it's not going to be that show. It's going to be walking alongside of people when they go through what they're going through. It's going to be being there for them when the lights are down and when, when people aren't around, when it's not such a big deal. Yes, he healed. But the big healing is transformation of our hearts. Being set free from the sin that so easily besets us. Being set free from hell. You have Jesus to give, so I'm answering your question for you. What do you have to give? Think through it, church. What do you have to give to people who are in need? You have Jesus. You have the good news. Some people are like, well, I have more time than money. Good. I think we figured out what you can give. Well, some people have way more money than they have time. So start there. We have a, a ministry in this town that's been here for a long time called Operation Sky Valley. 
they do full bellies. They try to feed children, and they are desperately in need of food. And starting next week, you can start bringing food for them. Here, they are desperately low. There's so many different things. Look, if you're like sitting around today and you're like, gosh, I would really love to do something with what Aaron said. What do I have to give? If you have time to bring food over to Mountain View for this memorial service, please do. Please have it there by 3.30 at the latest. And we'd love to have that. We don't know how many people are coming and we don't know how much food's needed, but we know that this family has so much family in town. Whatever leftovers are there, they're going to use them. But it, I mean, that's just a couple of things. What about going on a, a walk with a friend, calling up somebody? What do you have to give? If you say nothing, listening to the lie of the enemy talks. You have so much you can give. Some of you give too much, but most of you, if just being honest, you don't give too much. Sometimes you need to uh, come on, man. That's a good word, Dave. Give your testimony. We're, we're more of that coming up right here. So let's go. We're going to go back to the text because, boy, do I have a lot to read. All right. Acts 3.12. So remember, this man's clinging to Peter and John, which, by the way, you ever want to go back and look at a cool study? Study Peter and John together. They had some competition. They had some little things back and forth. But they're together, and they're loving people, and there's no, are you better, am I better? It was all about Jesus, finally. So when Peter saw that these people were rushing to him, he addressed the people, men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us as though by our own power or piety, which is purity, holiness, godliness, that we've made him walk? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers glorified his servant, Jesus, whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. But you denied the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. You killed the author of life, whom God raised from the dead. To this, we are witnesses. David, did you just say give a testimony? Bam! You come running at us and you think it's in us? No, it's the Lord is doing it. It's God. You know, often people are like, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. And you're like, it's so awesome that God would use me. It's the Lord who does it. Give credit where credit's due. This is sweet. Let's just keep going. And his name by faith in his name. This is Jesus. Power, authority, Yeshua, the Lord saves. In his name has made this man strong, whom you see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given this man the perfect health in the presence of you all. And now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did also your but what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets that as Christ would suffer, he is fulfilled. Repent, therefore. Church, one more time. Tell me what repent means. Not keep going the same direction. 
like Fred and Ernie that I was talking about. Hey, turn around. Keep going in that direction. It's not turning around. It's not repentance. It's good for us that God would call us to repent, that we have faith in Jesus' name, not just say his name, not just sing his name, not just read about his name, but have faith in him, believe him. And your faith isn't by itself. It's going to come out on what you do. So repent, therefore, and turn back that your sins may be blotted out. That times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. And that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus, the only true Messiah. That's what Christ is. That's who he is. You can't find salvation anywhere else. We'll read that in just a little bit. But this reminded me of Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30. I don't have it on the screen for you, but Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and tired and burdened. That sounds like a list that some of us can go check, check, check. And I will give you rest for your souls. Take my teaching upon you. Take my yoke upon you because my yoke is light. I'm not asking you to be perfect. I'm asking you to believe me, Jesus says, and to take on my teaching, to have rest for your soul. Your body's going to wear out, but your soul lives forever. So this Jesus, verse 21, whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all the things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. That's saying Jesus is coming back, but until then, find peace in him here. He will come back and restore all things. Many of us are like, come now, Lord Jesus. Amen and amen. And yet. He comes now, and there's a lot of people that will not have forever with him. Don't mistake his kindness for foolishness. Don't mistake his patience for being unaware of what's going on. He wants people to be saved. He wants us to walk it out, to live it out. Verse 22. Moses said, the Lord God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers. You shall listen to him in whatever he tells you. And it shall be that every soul who does not listen to that prophet shall be destroyed from the people. And all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel and those who came after him also proclaim these days. You are the sons of the prophets. And of the covenant that God made with your father, saying to Abraham, and in your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. God, having raised up his servant, sent him to you first to bless you by turning every one of you from your wickedness. What did he just give them? This, isn't, this is something we can all do. You may not be able to give people silver. You may not be able to give them gold. You may not and likely won't see somebody who's crippled jump up, although it can happen. Let me just say that happens. What did he give them that we can give them? Jesus, the truth. Grace and truth. Again, give them both. Keep it coming. Keep it coming. We've got the good news. But the good news is bad news first. Like you killed Jesus, your sin, put him on the cross. You decided that you were going to do your thing your way. And God's like, look, I allow you turns. I paid for that U-turn to happen. Grace and truth. Let's move on. Acts 4, 1 through 7. And as they were speaking to the people, 
the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them. Uh-oh, the cops showed up. Greatly annoyed were these cops because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. I don't have time to give you all the teaching, but there's two different main religious groups at this time that were in charge of all of the religious things. The Sadducees and the Pharisees. The Pharisees would have believed more along the lines of what Jesus believed. They believed that all of the Old Testament was the Bible. They believed in resurrection. They believed in angels. They believed in all of it. But they also had something that Jesus wasn't as clinging to, and that was their own traditions. And he called them out a number of times. We've already saw a bunch last year when we looked at what Jesus said. But here's what happens with these things. He believes more like them, and yet he argues more with them because they have a bad application of it. The Sadducees only believed in the Pentateuch, the Tanuk, the law, nothing else. They didn't believe in resurrection. They didn't believe in angels. They just believed in what they could control. And once a person died, according to the Sadducees, that was it. That's why they were sad, you see. <laughs> I'm just dying to tell you that one. You've never heard that. I'm just kidding. Plenty of you have. But this, these were the groups. And they were together, and they were ticked off at Jesus because the main ruling party of, like, the aristocrats, <laughs> I love it, okay, the aristocrats, were Sadducees. They were the ruling party, their family, this one particular family was the high priest each year or each few years, and it was, just like Barb said, it was about money, it was about power and prestige, Jesus was not good for business. So they arrested them, verse 3, and they put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to about 5,000. If you keep in score, about 2,000 people started coming to the Lord after the 3,000. It's not like God's like, gosh, I can't get anything bumping here. They were going crazy in growth. And it was grace and truth, and it was signs, and it was wonderful, and it was opposed. Not by everybody, but by the religious leaders. So on the next day, verse 5, their rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem with Annas, the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, and all were of the high, who were of the high priest family. All of them were Sadducees. And when they had set them in the midst, they inquired, by what power or by what name did you do this? They, they got a, a moment here. These men are opposed and challenged. Both of them ran at one point. But now they're standing up for their faith. John, actually, we know that John hung out with Jesus while Jesus was on the cross. He literally didn't hang with Jesus, but he was at his feet 
taking care of his mom. So he had a little more boldness to him early in the story. But he was a scaredy cat, and he came back. God allows U-turns. We just talked about that, repentance. Anybody grateful for that? Me too. And so he's there, right? Now it's John, and it's Peter, and they know what it's like to be afraid, but now they have a chance. And so I want to ask you, what can you give when you're opposed and when you're challenged? It's kind of cool to be in church, talk about the Lord, and people are like, yeah, and maybe even sometimes amen. And like I said, when people talk back, I'll be here all day. <laughs> but what do you do when you're not at the church or maybe you're at the church and you're opposed? You're opposed for telling the truth or you're opposed for wanting more Jesus. I mean, what do you do when you're in a community that's like, nah, don't want it? We talked about grace and truth. Uh, I'll give you that layup. Let's see what they did. Let's learn from our brothers. So the question before them, by what power or what name did you do this? They knew a miracle happened. They couldn't change that. By the way, you can't argue a transformed life. It is what it is. Miracles. People who are not the same. So how did you do this? And by the way, name means power, authority. That's why if you say you're a son of an ill-begotten woman, something in that name, ill-begotten woman, something in the name of Jesus, Yeshua, power, authority, love, and life. So they say to him, them, what power, what name did you do this? What time? I got 10.05. All right, here we go. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, he never wasn't after <laughs> the Spirit filled him up. By the way, you don't get a little leak in your ankle. Oh, gosh, I, I ran out of some Spirit. <laughs> but you know what you do? You and I ignore him. You and I put him off. You and I forget. So, I mean, the Bible from here on out, reminding, 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 church, reminding, reminding, reminding. So that's why some people are like, man, give us some new information. It's all the same. We just need to remember it over and over again. We're filled with the Holy Spirit if we're his people. Listen to him, believe him, trust him, walk it out. He might ask you to do something weird. He might ask you to do something you don't want to do. A lot of times those go together, by the way, weird and you don't want to do it. But sometimes it's just like, no, that just, what do you mean sweep the floor? I've got such better gifts than that. Sweet. Start serving in a menial, humble way and watch God unpack what that looks like. So much more on that later, but here we go. Peter filled the Holy Spirit, said to him, rulers and people, rulers of the people and elders. If we're being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed? Let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. It's not us. 
This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. He's the foundation of your family, not you. He's the foundation of this church, not Aaron, not John, not our amazing wives, not the wonderful team of service people. It's Jesus. You know who the lead pastor of Crosswater Community Church is? Jesus. My name isn't getting in bolder, like, font than Jesus. I've literally been to churches like that. Lead pastor. (laughs) Praise God. I've been at churches where there's a parking spot for the pastor and his wife. Kathy, where'd you park today? <laughs> for real. Me too. I hoofed it. <laughs> Guys, we're the, if, if we're leading anything, we're lead servants. <laughs> and call me out when I'm not. I may, like get back at you because sometimes I like the rest <laughs> a lot sometimes <laughs> but but no seriously you guys we we serve Jesus is the big deal and he's pointing them to Jesus and he says look God raised him from the dead you killed him God raised him from the dead by him this man is standing before you well this Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you the builders which has become the cornerstone you reject Jesus he's it and there's salvation in no one else For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. My friend Tanya Legme. Logmai, but everybody, every time I say that, they say, you got to say it right. That is right. But Tanya used to be in this community for a long time. Her and her husband Benny and some of their kids moved back to Hawaii. And their son Michael just recently passed away from an accidental overdose. Yet again, we're we're suffering all of that, right? And she knew that they were going to have a little vigil for him here because they're having the whole big memorial service in Hawaii. And I said, thank you for inviting me to this. I'm going to go. I'm going to do whatever the Lord (laughs) allowed me to do. This is what she told me. Look at it, you guys. This is her quote. Give him Jesus. all I got. That's my winning shot. That's my same card that wins every time. That's what you guys do. That's what these guys do. Give them Jesus. Look, you you blew it with Jesus, but he's the Savior. And he's accepting repentance right now. He's accepting people who want to be saved right now. He's setting people free who want to be set free right now. So let's finish. Verses 13 through 22. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. This is always good, but it's not always safe. People know that you're a Christian. You're a target. But wouldn't it be great for people to go, oh, they sound like Jesus. Oh, those people look like Jesus. Oh, those people are Jesus freaks. Oh, those people are church going. Those people are Bible thumpers. And I wish. I want to look like him. I want people to say, there's something different about him. Verse 14. 
But seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. Again, you can't really argue against a transformed life. But when they had commanded them to leave the council, they conferred with one another. Get out of here. Parents need to talk. Get out. Saying, what shall we do with these men? So that a notable sign has been performed through them is evident to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But in order that it may spread no further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in this name. So they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. Some of you, please forgive me if this is offensive. I'm actually trying to afflict the comfortable. Some of you live your life outside of these kind of moments, and maybe you're watching or maybe you have a Bible study. You live your life like somebody told you not to talk about Jesus. <laughs> repent. It's time to repent. It's time to talk about Jesus. You don't have to be like, hi, I'm Aaron Day. Jesus loves you. Cool. I think it's a good move. You don't have to be like, Jesus, 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 Jesus. But follow him. Hey, what's so different about you, Angie? Uh, Jesus? What, why are you able to stay married after all you've gone through? Jesus? How come your kids actually like you? Jesus and Kathy? <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, that wasn't Kathy's voice. That was... <laughs> You guys, give them Jesus. Point them to Jesus. And so they're like, look, we're going to tell them not to preach in this name. So they called them and told them not to. Verse 19, but Peter and John answered them, whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. And when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the people. For all of them were praising God. Do you remember the guy that was leaking and praising God? Well, it's contagious. Verse 22. <laughs> well, the man on whom this sign of healing was performed <laughs> was more than 40 years old. It happened to a 20-year-old. But 40? That's a long time to be paralyzed a long time to be crippled. You know that in our culture, most people come to Christ before the age of 18? Would you be willing, really quick, anybody to tell me how many of you came to Jesus after the age of 18? You guys are a miracle. My hand's up too. That we had family in this church that a couple of 75-year-olds came to Christ and got baptized, that is less than 1% in the whole entire world. And I've heard about it in lots of places. A 92-year-old that got baptized at a local church recently. You guys, there's a big deal when lives are changed, especially when they're older. We get, what's the phrase that we use for that? Stuck in our ways. You don't have to be 40 for that, but it's, older you get, the more you do your thing. 
So I'll just ask you this question. We have to move on to the rest of the passage. Are you listening to God or are you listening to people? Start with God and then go from there. Verses 23 through 31. When they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. At this point, they could have all been freaked out. And when they heard it, they lifted up their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, this is praying, and I want to be remind you, they are praying together <laughs> in a group. Yes, pray by yourself, but pray with people too. Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, God, you're it. Who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? They're remembering from the word of God that what's happening to them is going to be in vain for the people that are persecuting them. They may have a little bit of traction to begin with, but it's going to spread the church like crazy. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city they were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with Gentiles and all the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. You are not going through something that God doesn't know about. He's using it all. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant your servants an easy escape. Oh, no. It says to continue to speak your word with all boldness. While you stretch out your hand to heal, giving him credit for it, and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Jesus, fill us with your boldness. Fill us with your authority. Fill us with your signs, your wonders. But really, Jesus, give us a boldness to tell the truth that we know. We can all do that. Pray this in your name. Amen. So I'm going to skip maybe to just verse 32 real quick here. We'll finish this whole two chapters out. Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart. Remember, they are together and soul. And no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his. But they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as were owners of land or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. They had to know what was going on in each other's lives, by the way, friends. When we call out and ask for things and to do things, it's because we've heard about that. Let us know. There's not just money and resources. Look, Pastor John didn't tell you, he said, Come and ask. Let me tell you, that 85000 doesn't just sit in the bank. We've already been spreading it out, putting it in things that we can do in this community. In our fellowship, for sure, but in this community, if you need help, ask. If you know people who need help, ask. Okay. Thus, Joseph, who was also called by the apostles Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. That's a cool nickname. A Levite, a native of Cyprus sold a field that belonged to him and brought the money and laid it 
at the apostles' feet. Fruit of God's great power and grace. Unity, kindness, taking care of each other. I looked this up really quick. The word great. I was like, gosh, that's cool. And I looked up in some other translations and it's awesome or much. But the Greek word is the same for all of it. It's megas. What's that sound like? Mega. This is mega power and grace. Sounds like something we could use. We have it. So how do you move towards Jesus in this mega power and grace? You submit yourself to him. If you're not saved, if you're sitting here, if you're watching this or you're listening to it later and you haven't submitted to Jesus but you know that you need to, he's not waiting for you to get it all together. He's waiting for you to come to him so he can give it to you. So receive it and and thank him and confess that he's the Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. You will find that comfort. You'll find that peace. You'll find that strength. Many of you, most of you that are sitting here right now have already done that. But some of you are struggling because you've gotten caught in the weeds. You've gotten afraid. You've listened to people over God repent. That's easy, right? It's not easy. But it's not complicated. Turn back. Turn to him. Repent. Believe him. Trust him. Make much of him, you guys. Talk about Jesus. It's his name. It's his power. It's his glory. Share your testimony. Serve. Receive. Give. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the opportunities that we have to hear your word. God, we live in a country where it's still legal to do that. So thank you for that. May we be bold, may we be strong, may we be courageous, may we be contagious. May we share your good news with people in our lives. I pray for the Harris, Kimball, Hadley family. God, I pray for their friends, for those people that are coming today. May they hear you, believe you, come to you, come back to you. God, may we. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.